0: Let us pray. We bow before you as our Lord and our God. We bow before you as the one who created it all. We bow before you because you came to us and revealed yourself to us, and we may know your name. When Moses asked you, what shall we call you? What's your name? You said, Yahweh, I am who I am because you are the one that has always been, will be, with us today, a God that we can't really grab in a name because you are too big for that even, and therefore you revealed many different names to us in the Bible to help us understand a little bit about who you are. But how can we? How can we as mortals really know who this God is that we came to worship? All we know is that you love us, and all we know is that you gave us your word as the guidance, as your will for us. How to serve you, how to glorify you, and how to live to your glory. I ask you, Lord, as as we are coming to the conclusion of our series on the book of Joshua, that you will also then today use the words that was written down and that I need to share as words from you inspired by your spirit that we might know where you would like us to go with you we ask this in the name of our lord jesus christ the one that makes it possible for us to be in this building amen i think every single parent at some point asked this to the, or said this to their children one day you will understand when you have your own children. Isn't that true? That is when your children look at you, especially when they are teens, as, as if you are this huge weapon of mass destruction. You know, you are stealing all our joy, dad or mother. You are stealing all our freedom. You are taking everything away from us because we just want to live our life. And you as a parent standing, you say, one day you will understand when you have your own And hopefully they'll be better than you guys are. And why do we say this? Because as a parent, you many times realize your kids have no idea. They have no idea how much time, effort, and energy you had to put in raising them and providing for them that they could be where they are. Then they look at you, a daughter would say, Daddy, you know, I, I, I like this guy. You know, even though he was a few times in prison, you know, I think I can change him because I really love him. You know that story. You said to your children, one day you'll understand how much I love you, and I care for you, and therefore I ask of you to hear what I'm saying. We are at the end of the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 24. Now, I looked and I preached six sermons on the book of Joshua so far. This is the seventh one. We ended last week with chapter 7, and now it's easy to say, but Ferdy, what happened between chapter 7 and chapter 24? A lot. But theology-wise, I've done everything that the book of Joshua wants to teach us about who we are and about who God is. So there's great stories about the sun that stood still and the Gibeonites that came up with a trick so they could be safe with the Israelites. You can go read this. It's all very great and fun. But if you listen to my first six sermons, it covers the hand of God, the acts of God, and humanity and the theology of the book. But there's one section missing what we're going to deal with today. Let's, let's start. That very famous piece, I think, that most people know well. Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and summoned the elders, the heads, the judges, and the officers of Israel. They presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord God of, of Israel. Long ago, your ancestors, Terah, and his son Abraham and Hauer, lived beyond the Ephratus, and served other gods. Now, I can't read everything. It will take us a day and a half to get done with just the scripture. Then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river and led him through all the land of Canaan and made his offspring many. I gave him Isaac. And then he continues. Isaac, who follows. Come on. Jacob. And then we get to Joseph, and we will continue. Right. Now, therefore, revere the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and faithfulness. Put away the gods that your ancestors served beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. Now, if you are unwilling to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served in a region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For it is the Lord your God who brought us and our ancestors up from the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, and who did those great in our, signs in our sight. He protected us along the way, that we, all that we went, and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out before us all the people, the Amorites, who lived in that land, Therefore, we shall also serve the Lord, for he is our God. Joshua said to the people, You cannot serve the Lord. He's a holy God, he's a jealous God. He will not forgive you your transgressions or your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after having done you good. The people said to Joshua, No. We will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said to the people, you are a witness against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord to serve Him. And they said, we are witnesses. He said, then put away the foreign gods that are among you. Incline your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. People said to Joshua, the Lord our God we will serve and Him we will will obey. Joshua made a covenant with the people that day. Made statues, ordinances for them at Shechem. A family meeting. Family meetings are good, even for people at home. We are sitting to talk a little bit about the family and what's going on and what needs to happen and how we need to respect one another. Through Joshua, the Lord is calling a family meeting. But it starts off then with a history lesson. That thing that the parents would say to their children, you do not really understand. The Lord starts off with Abraham way in the back. That's the birth of the nation of Israel. It started with Abraham. Quickly, it reminds me, standing here, that God was also there for my birth. It's part of the story. But he starts with the birth of the nation of Israel, and he takes them through the history. All the little things that happened with him, all the way up until Joseph found himself into Egypt. And then the nation of Israel got enslaved in Egypt. And then the Lord came and he rescued them after 430 years being stuck in Egypt. And brought them now to the promised land. Why is he telling the story to know it so well? Because God God wants him to know he is the one that started the story. He's the one that's involved in their lives lives by his choice. The first step is always his. So the word at the top, the indicative, is a word in theology. It means the statement of God. It means that God, unsolicited, would start to work with people in this world. He starts his work with us without us doing anything because it's God's choice. After Adam and Eve committed sin and they were cast out of the garden, God could have just turned away and left him alone and say, you guys decided to try to do this life without me, so go for it. Go for it. It's your choice. But God is the one that came back, chasing after them, even before they left the garden, looking for Adam and Eve while they were hiding behind the stupid tree. And he said, what have you done? And the story of the Bible in the Old Testament is God, And the New Testament, is God pursuing people because of who He is. That's the indicative. The person of God. And it's a love story. <clears throat> it's a story of complete love. You know, I like to look at the sky above me during the day and during the night. Because looking up at the sky reminds me how really small we are in this huge universe that the living God has created. And many times when I look up at the blueness of the sky in the morning or the darkness at night and I see the stars, I sometimes ask myself, God, if you are the one who created all of this, why do you care for me? And I realize I'm asking a question that David also asked. Who am I that you even think of me? Why is God even involved with all of us, with all our rubbish on this planet? Because we are really stupid as humans in what we are doing, isn't it? It's crazy what people are up to and what they are doing. God could have said, I don't have time for your nonsense. But He steps into our world. That's His indicative, that's His choice. But the story continues. At this point, it was from Abraham all the way to the promised land. But we know it continues right through the Old Testament. And all the different stories that we find. And we can continue. After they were in the promised land for a while, they had the judges. And then they had all the different prophets. The minor prophets and then the larger prophets. And David and Saul and the kings and all the stuff that they did. All of these stories were telling how God is involved in the lives of people. Moving people Forward through history that his kingdom can be served. And then the New Testament. A new chapter in God's involvement with humanity. God deciding on his own. That is indicative. God deciding on his own that he's going to send one of the three Godheads, the Son, who's fully God to this world to become like us, for us that we may know who God is. For Christ, this wasn't a mission trip. He didn't come to sort of check us out. He knew exactly what he was getting into—the indicative of God's love in Christ Jesus. But then he continues after Christ with the story of the church. Of course, the story of God is not yet done. So when you drove to this church this morning and you were walking through these doors or those—I don't know where you came in—some came in through the choir room. But as you were walking into this church, you became part of God's indicative. Think about that for a moment. You became part of what God decided to do in this world by revealing himself to this world. You and I became part of God's choice to be involved in this world that the world may know who God is. And it's unsolicited. It's not that we have done anything to deserve it. It's God taking the first step. And that's why the baptismal font is in the front. Because that's to me one of the most practical ways to really understand this thing is that I I was and that's why maybe in Reformed Church we have the infant baptism. I was probably as this big in length. (laughs) When my parents brought me to a church church in South Africa a gazillion years ago, I think it was the rocks were still soft then, you know, it was just (laughs) earth was still young. (coughs) They brought me to to be baptized. I had no clue. I was probably just yelling. And then later on, my parents told me you were baptized. And I said, okay, what does that mean? And I discovered that it had to do with God that took a step towards me before I even knew he existed. That's what baptism means. It's God stepping towards you and reaching out his hand and says, I would like you to be a child of mine as your parents are because they brought you to be baptized, and I, as God, am reaching out to you now without you knowing even who I am. It's always the indicative, isn't it? It's God taking this step. Joshua starts with the indicative. Then the imperative. What are we going to do with this? So many times, you know, a girl would get a letter from a guy, you know, probably an email now or or a text I do not know what and and this guy would ask her and say you're so great and I like you would you like to go out with me and then you need to decide what you are going to do with this offer what are you going to do with this thing so Joshua stands in front of the people and he says this is who God is this is the indicative about God his person his action his love his grace his involvement in our lives look at your own life story man and you can see the hand of God the fingerprints all over your life what are you going to do with this God who is he going to be in your life? Today, you guys need to decide if this God is going to be your God, yes or no. And he says, today you need to choose. You see, there's not really an option that I can say, oh, well, I'll decide just before I die. A lot of people think, well, you know, I'm not going to decide about God. No, you know, why do I? I still want to do a lot of fun, fun things that I think will be great without God. So one day when I'm older, you know, when I'm retired, I can think more about God and if that is going to be part of my retirement package, to have God part of the story at the end. It doesn't work that way for two reasons. One reason is you may die. The second reason is your time of grace may pass. I don't know if people know this, but the Bible tells us in the New Testament that the grace period... For you to respond to God may pass. There is a window that can close. At some point. It may be too late. That's why Joshua is very serious. Standing in front of this, these folks and says. You need to choose to say. Today what are you going to do with God? And it's a choice that we almost need to make every single day. Isn't it? It, it would not be very meaningful if I would tell you. You know the reason I got married in 1980. And he would ask me, where's Louise? And I would say, I have no clue. I haven't seen her the last 10 years. Are you married? Oh, yeah, we're married. And she believes you are married? Yeah, she thinks we are married. When's the last time you spoke to her? I think 10 years ago. It sounds stupid, isn't it? Being married means that I said hi to my wife this morning, and we spoke here about little Amelia. Not That's the other one that you saw here. Um, and and we, we, we make plans, and we talk, and, and we communicate. She's part of my life, and I'm part of her life. No, I gave my life to Christ in 1970. When's the last time you spoke to him? I think in 1975. When's the last time you really did anything for him? I I can't remember. But I think it's okay. It's not okay. You see, almost every single day when you and I wake up, I need to make a choice that I will be true to my wife today. And I am going to act like a husband today. And the same with God. Every single day when I wake up, I need to say to God, but also today you're going to be my God because our inclination is to move away from God, not towards God. And temptation and this world will try to split people apart but also split us up with God. And What is asked? So if you choose for God, you need, you, you, you need to realize that you are saying that I'm going to revere and serve this Lord. And revere means to respect Him for who He is because He's God and, and I'm not. And you are not. And to then serve Him in sincerity and with faithfulness. And that means that, that I actually need to understand that when I choose God, then, then I need to be honest in my decision like I did when I said to my wife, will you please marry me? And that meant until, the, until death separates us. So nation. Joshua, this is the coolest story. He says, you guys need to choose. They said, yeah, we will choose. He said, why are you choosing? God. He says, no, you can't choose God. He asked them to choose, and then they, they said, yeah, and he says, no. And they were stunned for a moment. They just said, we are choosing. He said, you can't choose it. Then he says, of course, you haven't thought it through. This is something you need to think through. If anybody would ask me, Ferdy, what does faith mean for you? And I've had a a number of people in my life ask me that question. Because they know I'm a science guy. I would like to understand stuff. Then I would say to them, faith has to do with the following. It's for me two things. Faith means that at some point in my life I made a decision for God without understanding all the questions. because there are a lot of answers I've not yet received about life and about God. And I will probably only get them when I die in heaven. But I, at some point in my life, make a decision that th- I believe there's a God who created the heaven and the earth. But I also decided that this God is not something, but someone that I'm in a relationship with. So, so, so Joshua is reminding him, he says, it's okay to choose God, but do you know what you choose? You choose actually to have a relationship with this God and that you're going to journey with Him now through life. Of course, you are in a relationship with him. And that's why he he uses relationship words here. He's a holy God. It just means to say he's, he's, he's different from anything else and anyone else that you have ever in your life had a relationship with. But he's a jealous God. So immediately Joshua says, it's not something that you choose. You choose someone that is part of this relationship. God has feelings. God actually feels for you, and if you mess up, He feels the hurt because of what you've done to Him, because God wants to be in a relationship with you. And if you turn your back on Him, He says, remember, God is God. He may come after you, because don't mess with Him. I've many times in my life, when I work with relationships, say, there's nothing as bad as the wrath of a wronged woman. Because we all know that when you are hurt in a relationship, it's very difficult just to walk away from it. And in a sense, Joshua makes this extremely personal and says, Man, guys, realize you are choosing someone here that wants to have a relationship with you. Look what they have done for you. It's like a child pleading, a parent pleading with his child. I'm in this relationship with you. Look what I've done for you. You can't continue to ignore how I experience you in what you are doing or what you are saying. And then Joshua comes. And I'm done. This is my my, my last slide. He says, but for me and my family, we have chosen. We have chosen. Now, you see three words there, individual, influential, and directional. Um, Joshua wanted the people to know that he made the decision. And then his family followed him. Maybe that's the crisis in America. We have no one strong enough in families anymore to make a decision to follow the Lord because eventually the family will start to follow the Lord. Maybe the crisis in America that we have not enough men that are doing what the living Lord has called them to be and to take spiritual leadership at home. Maybe that's why our families are struggling so much. There's not spiritual leadership anymore. You see, in the direction of a family, turns when somebody in the family decides that we are going to follow follow God. It turns toward what God wants us to do, what God's intention for us is. So we sit around the table, Louise and I, now two children when they were younger, and every single day of our lives almost, we would have a cup of coffee. It's a South African thing. Early, kids drank coffee since they were almost born. Maybe a little bit later. Maybe I should not. They were a little bit later. how old were they when they started drinking coffee? They were very small. But they would sit with us when they were a little bit older and drink coffee, and we would read Bible every day. And I would read something simple, and I would say, The Lord says to us that we need to be kind to one another today. I'm not the dad telling him, you need to be kind to your sister and stop this nonsense. I say the living Lord wants you to be kind to your sister, your sister to be kind to you, and I need to be kind to you also, and you need to be kind to me. Not because I'm the boss in this house, it's because God is my boss and your boss, or our father, or our leader. Otherwise, who's in control of the family? If God is not, is it the one that yells the most, or the loudest? Or is the most obnoxious? Who becomes the leader of what direction a family is going? Or is there no leadership? And then it's like water. It just flows in any direction. And there's no control of what's happening with this family because there's no direction because nobody is pointing to Christ or to God. Joshua, me and my family, me first, my family second, will serve the Lord. So, why is this such an important sermon for me also? You see, this is not a once-off thing. As I said earlier, it's a, it's a, it's a continuous thing. That almost every single day I need to decide, Lord, so, so, so where are you in my life? It's not that the Lord has left. It's that I ran away from Him and I need to turn back to Him. And that's what repentance means. Repentance doesn't mean that God needs to come closer. He's close. It's me that ran away. It's me that has left him a little bit, and I said, "I'm going to do my own thing." You wait there. I I, look look away, God. I don't want you to see this now. The Lord says, "That's not the way." I need you close to me because only when you are close, I can protect, provide, and be there for you in all. Because what is the story of Joshua? Now I'm done. It's a journey of God that wants to bring us to all His promised places that He wants us to get to in our lives, in our relationships, in our financial world, in our spiritual world, in our physical world. God has all these dreams for us. How can He get you and me there? By us following Him. So starting next week, me and my family will serve the Lord. So what does this serve thing now really mean? Practical. Ten sermons, starting next week. The love thing, the hope for the hopeless, the taste of faith. You are what you believe. God is smarter than you are. I think you guys know this. A rooster crow, an anxiety for, and the Fox River. That's going to be an interesting thing. No entry. Who cares? Do your thing way more than agreed. So for the next ten weeks, you can't miss a sermon. And for you folks visiting from the outside, watch online. You can't miss this. It's impossible. Right. So, amen. No, don't laugh. I'm really done. <laughs> now we're going to be on this journey together and try to make everything that we have learned now in the last seven weeks practical. And this is going to be, especially how we as families, as individuals, live out then what the Lord has called us to be and to do in practical ways. Amen.